Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Banner. And in this episode, we're going to be chatting with Nancy Vitali. Uh, Nancy is co-founder and managing partner of Partners for Wellbeing, a boutique people and HR advisory and consulting firm that is dedicated to bring holistic well-being to organizations, enabling them to be great places to work for all of their people. Nancy is also on the, the advisory board at Espressa, the culture benefits platform based in the beautiful Bay Area. Nancy, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Bill. And firstly, Nancy, let's learn a bit more about Partners for Wellbeing, shall we? What's the what's the mission and how does it help employees, leaders and HR groups? Yeah, so simply put, the, the mission of Partners for Wellbeing is to make the work world a better place by integrating total well-being into cultures to enable them to be thriving cultures. And we help people to be at their best through this focus on total well-being. You know, organizations today play such an important role in this through the culture and through the environment that people are working in and living in day to day. And we help organizations really examine the things more closely that they're doing to either amplify their people's well-being or perhaps the things that they may be doing to diminish their folks' well-being in some way. And then we put together a go-forward plan with them, co-developing these solutions that are both relevant and practical and meaningful uh, to address their needs. So that's that's what we're up to. Oh man, I get a chance to chat to people who say, yeah, I really enjoy my job. I bet you really enjoy your job, Nancy. <laughs> I really do. I really do. It's a very different experience for me than than how I've spent the last, you know, 25 plus years of my life working inside uh, organizations and HR departments, but I have learned a lot through the process and uh, I'm inspired to do more. Okay. So when people can be at the best, you suggest they can perform at their best. Seems to make sense. Uh, th- this enables thriving cultures. So the question is, uh, what does it mean to have a thriving culture? Yeah, well, well, let's dissect that maybe into its two parts for a moment. So culture is ultimately about how people behave in an organization. It is the composition of several different things, things like shared assumptions or values or beliefs or principles that then guide and influence the behavior of the people uh, that are that are in that organization. So that's that's how we think about culture. When we talk about thriving, thriving by definition means flourishing or growing. So a thriving culture is therefore one where people are flourishing and growing. And when people are flourishing and growing, they are at their best. And when people can behave at their best, they can perform at their best. So ultimately, these concepts of well-being and culture are very much integrated and interrelated and, and connected. And, you know, I'll just underscore one uh, one statistic I, I recently saw of a, of a recent study that underscores this, um, and that is that 
culture is estimated to comprise on average about 50% of a company's market value. So if a culture is healthy and thriving, it can have a significant positive impact on the company's overall value. Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, your, your consultancy believes that total well-being is comprised of five key elements. I'd like you now to, to talk to me about uh, each of those five elements. Let's start with fulfillment. Uh, according to a website, uh, this is doing things that bring you happiness and a sense of positive impact. Talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, and, and maybe before I dive into to fulfillment, um, let me just say, you know, the the framework that that we leverage has been heavily influenced by the decades of work that Gallup has done in this area. But what we have done is to take a more kind of modern and contemporary view uh, on well-being, and in particular, thinking about the needs of of today's you know current and future workforce. So. Back to your question around fulfillment uh, specifically, what are the things that enable uh, fulfillment within an organization? Well, first and foremost, it's having a clear organizational mission. And it doesn't matter what that organization does. What is important is to articulate that organization's impact in the in the greater world, that organization's uh, impact in society overall. So having a clearly articulated mission that can inspire people because they feel an attachment to what that organization is setting out to do in society. But that's not enough. Uh, fulfillment is a factor of the, the uh, individual's purpose uh, and their line of sight to their team's purpose and, and organization mission. So where you have that clear line of sight between individual team and organization mission purpose, people are, are better enabled to, to seek their fulfillment. This is about meaningful work. It's about enabling them to uh, have positive contributions to their coworkers and, and other stakeholders. It's about uh, showing impact. It's about being able to leverage my strengths uh, each and every day. It's about the opportunity to, to learn and grow or do things that, uh, that I find uh, enjoying in, in the day-to-day. -day. So all of these different elements really enable someone to pursue or to, to have fulfillment in their life. Okay, thank you. Now let's talk about the, the second element, uh, human connection, having trusted, valued relationships, uh, particularly in the age of AI and machine learning uh, with potential digital and technological overloads. Tell us about that. Yeah, and, and, and this is one, uh, you know, Gallup talks about social well-being, but I really think it's important to emphasize the human connection part based on just what you, what you said, Bill, and, and that is we are living in this era not only with uh, technology overload and, and artificial intelligence and, and digital, more digital connection, but uh, in a world that is really driven by uh, social media connections. And uh, there's been some recent studies that show, you know, those who um, spend more time on social media uh, feel 
less connected to, to people, which is a bit ironic or, or a greater sense of loneliness in their lives. And so I think for organizations, the key here is how do you enable greater human connection uh, within the workplace? Uh, things like uh, relationships. How do you how do you enable quality relationships and interactions? How do you provide supportive networks to people within the organization in order that they can have greater human connection, which contributes to their overall well-being? Okay, uh, I guess I'm going to sound like a terrible marketing guy now when I when I say the next element is is a pretty important one, I think, uh, which is financial, having and managing resources to live your desired independent life. Tell us about that. Yeah, so financial well-being, actually, uh, uh, finances are one of the biggest contributors to people's stress uh, in the world today. And so thinking about this, not only from how do I offer a competitive total rewards package, but more so in terms of individuals' well-being around being financially literate, uh, having a sense of security, financial fitness. This is about helping people to effectively manage all of their resources. And I think what's interesting about uh, financial literacy and uh, effective management of resources is these are not necessarily things that we teach students as they work their way through the educational system. I think there's uh, more and more pressure on employers and organizations to help people in this realm because it is one of the biggest sources of stress for people today. Uh, and to manage their stress, they've got, stress, they've got to be in touch on, I'm assuming, with their mind and their body, having good health and energy to do the things that they desire. What's, what's this particular element about? Yeah, so... Mind-body health, uh, in essence, is about one's physical and, and mental well-being. It's about, for organizations, the environment that you create uh, that surrounds people. Uh, for the individual, it's about what they eat. It's about, are they moving? You know, we, we're, our, our human bodies were not designed to be sedentary. This is about uh, enabling people to to move throughout their day. And it's about the quality and quantity of sleep. So what are the other mechanisms that organizations can help people to seek greater mindfulness, uh, build resilience, and have a sense of gratitude each and every day? These are the enablers. And finally, then, the final element is community in terms of having a sense of belonging to where you live and work. Uh, I'd, I'd love to learn about this with you. And, and maybe also you could give a bit of lip service to uh, maybe that relates to the wider community as well as communities within organizations managed through, for example, ERGs. Yeah, totally. And th this is where the active involvement and engagement of people where they live and where they work is, is so key. And one of the biggest things <clears throat> that an organization can do to really enable that active involvement is to encourage and put in place supporting mechanisms, <clears throat> excuse me, around volunteerism. And when people are able to give back to those communities where they live and work, they actually uh, elevate 
their sense of 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 individual well-being. And so this notion of community, I think, uh, is getting more and more attention uh, in organizations, not just in the sense of local communities and 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 where people are living, but this notion of a, a creation of community and very much relates back to this human connection piece. You mentioned uh employee resource groups. I think employee resource groups play a critical role in, uh, in helping to create a sense of, of community uh, within and across organizations where people are able to uh, join in affinity with folks that share similar characteristics. I also don't think it, it's enough to, to stop there. I think this notion of community needs to cut across uh, all of our various de- demographics, and this gets to the notion of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. So they all play a key element here. They're all all of these elements are are related and connected and interdependent. But each one of them, when enabled inside an organization, can actually uh, elevate the well being of of their people and their population overall. Okay, so uh, we're lucky that we have uh, lots of different folk who listen to this show. HR people, of course, are a big part of that, but also leaders and CFOs. So uh, I guess it's time to talk a bit about the bottom line. Uh, So employee wellbeing is increasingly the centre of many human resource and benefits initiatives. Talk to me about the connection between companies that offer ways for employees to be happy and healthy and, of course, better business outcomes and and how it affects the, the bottom line. Yeah, so I, I think there's a, a lot of attention being given to this notion of uh, culture, as we were as we were just describing, and uh, the market value of a company, and and how do you enable a healthier culture to really enable a stronger bottom line? As you break this down, there's a lot of uh, organizations, research organizations that are doing white papers and studies on this. I know uh, the Institute for Corporate Productivity, I4CP, has a, a study that that's coming out, and so there's a there's a lot of different ways to look at this. I think what's really important for the individual organization is to understand what their main drivers are and to understand uh, what uh, ultimately uh, will enable or enhance uh, that connection between uh, the things that they're doing to help their people uh, be higher performing. And so, you know, a couple, uh, a couple uh, areas uh, that uh, could uh, enable uh, closer reflection are things like absenteeism and presenteeism as just two potential measures. Obviously, if if people um, uh, are are absent from work, they're not able to to produce. They're not able to perform and and contribute and have an impact. But even when people are present, this notion of presenteeism comes into place. There are so many distractions. We were talking earlier about the overload that people experience uh, from technology or the distractions of the constant kind of notifications from from social media or other kind of news um, alerts that come up on on our phones. This this creates distraction and and a sense of presenteeism. So I'm I'm here, I'm present, but I'm not really uh, self-aware, actively engaged. So thinking about these uh, measurements more broadly, uh, absenteeism, presenteeism are, are two, just two examples uh, that can really drive a, a better bottom line. 
Oh, sorry, I was just checking my social media there on my phone. Uh, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now that you're also on the advisory board at Espresso, as I mentioned in the introduction here. Uh, I've had the pleasure recently of spending some time with the team over there. Uh, they're based in Palo Alto in the beautiful Bay Area. Please, can you tell me about Espresso and why you decided to get involved? Sure. So Espresso, um, they they really provide a very unique platform to enable employees to better engage with their organization's culture. And they provide a solution that makes it easy for employees to participate in and leverage uh, the benefits and offerings that are truly an expression of that organization's culture. And this includes things like uh, the the ability to engage in different meetings and events that are taking place uh, within the company, uh, engaging in uh, employee resource groups uh, at that organization, recognition and rewards, and the list goes goes on and on. Uh, Espresso ultimately helps to unify and improve employee experience through their platform solution. Now, I first uh, came in contact with Espresso several years ago. I met Alex Schubat, the uh, CEO of Espresso, many years ago at an HR Peer 150 event. And Alex and I hit it off, and, and I became more and more interested in what Espresso was offering, primarily because of this conversation we've been having around culture and, and how people engage in healthy culture. So when Alex asked me last year to join the advisory board, I jumped at the opportunity to help them really pursue their mission more effectively. Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, just finally, for this particular interview, how can we learn more about Partners for Wellbeing? Uh, it'd be remiss of me not to ask you how we can learn more about Espresso and how can our listeners connect with you? Certainly. So uh, you can find out more about Partners for Wellbeing at our website, partnersforwellbeing.com. Uh, Espresso, you can find more about uh, Espresso on their website, espresso.com, E-S-P-R-E-S-A.com. And if you want to connect with me directly, uh, please search for me on LinkedIn at Nancy Vitale. Would love to connect with your listeners. Lovely. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Nancy, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you so much, Bill. It was a pleasure. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 